Welcome to Sim Sundays by Gridfinder, and we're sponsored by Track Racer. I still haven't really figured out an elegant way to do that little rigmarole, if you will. Welcome to episode nine. This is pretty cool because we're almost in double-digit numbers now, and, you know, it's just something that Tom and I at one point just thought, you know, it would be really fun getting on a podcast and just talking sim racing because we get to talk about sim racing when we build Gridfinder all the time. But we don't really get to talk with community and race with the community as much as we'd like. So that's why we created this podcast. Tom, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I actually can't believe that we're nine episodes in. That's kind of crazy. It's, it feels like we're still, you know, I was about to say, it feels like we're, we're still finding our feet with this podcast. And oh, yeah. Jake, who has had to watch you and I, well, mainly me, <laughs> running around between different setups to get my audio right, because it's like the first time I've ever done it will be like, I can't believe you've done nine. <laughs> right. So super episode. Yes. Ever, ever the professionals, Chris, you know that we are, we Always. are top quality. Um, so episode nine, I'm incredibly excited because we have um, our second sim racing streamer on the podcast, but with a twist. So introducing GP laps who specializes in vintage racing, IndyCar, NASCAR, F1 and classic racing sims and has forced us to race a classic car today this one which which has nearly (laughs) killed me this afternoon introducing gp laps hello and welcome hey thanks for having me on your your very professional show everything's been (laughs) flawless so far but excited to be here and excited to show you a little bit about what vintage racing is because i've heard your initial reaction and i have a feeling we can change that yeah i mean I didn't get as much practice time in the Lotus that we're going to be racing today as I wanted to originally. And this morning, as normal Sunday mornings go, Tom goes, hey, Chris, are you going to get some practice laps in? And I was like, yeah, I'll I'll throw an hour or so later. He's like, no, you're probably going to want to to get in the car. (laughs) Trust me. Um, It's very difficult to drive. And he wasn't lying. Uh, Luckily, though, I did get the warning of if you come out of the pits, don't plant your foot because you'll just do a nice little spin a couple times. And uh, yeah, and and Tom, thank you for the tip there because I was like, oh, be very careful coming out of the pits and then off to the races. And then, of course, uh, vintage cars are difficult. Downshifted instantly like it was, you know, an F1 car and then spinning on the first corner. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a rough one. Thanks for picking these vintage cars because i think it's going to be a, a real interesting race and uh, what made you kind of lean towards the vintage side of sim racing rather than you know the typical oh let's play acc or let's play i racing and race the normal stuff i guess vintage is normal but you know what, what made you lean that way <laughs> i think it's fine to say it's not normal um especially <laughs> in sim racing but i'm trying to change that a little bit now it's funny I, a lot of folks don't know but I, I do all types of sim racing. I, I really only put the vintage and classic stuff on my YouTube, but I have a set of course at Competizione and I have, you know, some of the iRacing and, and things and race newer cars from time to time. But I've always really liked the romantic side of racing and the, you know, the vintage classic. I, I feel like sim racing is a really uh, unique way to experience history. Uh, which is something I'm, I'm okay. generally interested in, and uh, it's it's something that a lot of folks didn't seem to be doing, or there are there's a strong but a small contingent which enjoy it, which is 
uh, you know, reading about these historical events, reading about these historical tracks and things, and then using sim racing as a mechanism to experience that. I don't think you can do that in many, uh, many mediums. You know, that's an interesting thing you say there, because I watched the show Grand Tour, which is, you know, it's done now, but I keep going back and watching through them because, I don't know, it's my lunchtime binge show, if you will. And, you know, they go into those historic film and reporting where they drive the old car that's still around and, and those lucky guys get to experience it in real life. We have to experience it in the sim world. And there was an interesting thing that happened when, when I looked at Watkins Glen, because that's where we're racing today. That's where we raced last week, but we raced the newly released ACC version of Watkins Glen, where it uh, it's the, the most up-to-date one that you, you know, is available today if you go there. So different. And right, when I popped in there, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't Watkins Glen. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> 60s, right. Cause, I was like, where's know, the chicane? <laughs> right. yeah. That's funny you say that because I knew my braking point for the chicane. So I hit the brakes at that point and, was, and then turned yeah. straight into the, the hay bales right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it's... I really enjoyed the mod. Uh, and we should get onto this a little bit about modding and historical mods. But I, as you probably did, Chris, found myself in the barriers quite a lot. So and when you're up times. close to the barriers, you see the, the like the pictures, you know, the people in the crowd. Oh. <laughs> obviously, when you're just going past, you they just look normal, like a blur. It's just a person. You just kind of register its crowd. But then when you're like three feet away from them because you've just smashed your wheels up against the, the barrier again. Oh, man. The it was like these two D cutouts of yeah, it's 60s, like cardboard 60s, people, <laughs> like gentlemen with like uh, with bowler hats and 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 big big lapels. <laughs> it was, yeah. I love the attention to detail on that mod. Yeah, this uh, the track that we're gonna race. So the Watkins Glen, uh, it, it's made you know out of a '60s version of the track, and it's made by um, somebody named Sergio Loro. Sergio's been a modder for for forever as long as i've been doing sim racing i feel like uh, i think he came around during the grand prix legends boom so late 90s early 2000s and uh has had his hand in a lot of the really big successful tracks and things that have come out over the years but f3 classic tracks is his offshoot that he started a while back i think uh maybe even 10 years ago now and does tracks for r factor 2 and a set of corsa and um i take a look at a lot of his just because yeah the attention to detail uh, is there you can read about something I did this on um, he has one called uh, the Terramar which is a very obscure high banked oval from Spain um, and it's this okay. track that was built and raced once and then abandoned because uh, of finances oh, wow. and things but um, he, he made this extremely detailed version of it and because it's so obscure I had to go learn about this I'd, I'd heard about it i think grand tour actually went there on an episode um, they did I was, yeah i was gonna mention that but uh other than that i had never heard about it and something i really enjoy about doing youtube and, and streaming is is learning myself you know I'm, I'm uh saying all these histories and explaining this stuff to folks i don't know all of this you know from the, from my knowledge up front so i get to learn a lot and uh yeah reading about it, I, I just had this moment where i was reading about how they have uh, had this hotel inside of it and i go look in the sim and there it is i can see the actual hotel <laughs> uh it's just a neat way to experience that type of stuff but yeah he's got great tracks this uh this watkins glen's a really nice one and if you're a little lost uh, i'll give you one hint the pit lane's in a different spot in the 60s than it was you know is these days it's actually 
after the modern turn one. So if you were to go through turn yeah. one on the modern circuit, that's where the pit lane used to be, right before yeah. the S's. And that whole stretch up to the, um, what do they call that? The carousel is is the same. It changes a bit from there uh, to the finish. That it was gets, what was uh, throwing me, I think. Because you know when something is so similar, but just not quite. And I got to the S's and I was like, no, I know the S's. And it's quite cool because you have that massive grandstand and you'd, you know, the new track has those very kind of severe barriers on either side that obviously aren't oh, there yeah. in the 60s. I was like, oh, I kind of know where I am, but at the same time, it's so different. But I had a lot of character, I thought. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that must be one of the draws to racing the classic Sims is these, a lot of the, the tracks have to be modded. I don't think there's that many games that are kind of investing too much in the, the classic versions of the tracks. So it's all community driven now you have your own community I, I noticed that you have a um a discord how much of your community engages with the kind of um you know in the, in the kind of the historical accuracy of the tracks and the research and you know how much do you all go into that as a group yeah quite a lot i mean the uh the discord came about from running an event actually i needed to figure out a way to communicate with everybody uh, and turned into a community. We watch races together. We, you know, discuss mods and sims and things. But it definitely has a historical, um, you know, slant on it. We're we're not stopping folks from talking about new sims. And there's plenty of uh, new <laughs> racing and modern racing. I guess I'll call it happening in there as well. But uh, yeah, we have a whole channel dedicated to history where folks share pictures of of things and talk about them. Or anytime any kind of new mod or game comes out that has anything historic in it it's definitely mentioned there so it's been nice it's weird to you know think oh i've got a community <laughs> but uh yeah no i guess it's it's definitely turned into that and it's um it's, it's only growing it's growing quite a lot lately so <clears throat> when you first started sim racing did you just naturally gravitate towards the his historic cars and the old stuff or did you start like a lot of people with like i don't know need for speed or you know the more modern things and then all of a sudden just one time you joined an event out of a whim raised something historic and then all of a sudden it grabbed you and kept you forever what would you yeah, yeah we'd like, be here a you, while how did you switch over <laughs> we, yeah if you want to go through my sim history we'd be here a little while uh, oh let's do it <laughs> been sim racing um like over 25 years i guess you'd call it sim racing but it was just playing racing games when i first started yeah. right back with of um the papyrus, early Papyrus Sims, NASCAR Racing 1 was really one of my first racing games okay. that I had. There weren't a lot of options then either, 1994, um, and mm. you know it was what I was watching on TV, wanted to play something like it, um, and, and so NASCAR Racing 1 was kind of the start of simming in general, and I guess there wasn't a specific point in time where historic racing became the focus, um, and like I said, I still do plenty of, plenty of modern racing. Um, sure. here and there but grand prix legends uh and and when that came out is really what started the the heavy interest in historic racing uh, so 1998 about that came out i think i maybe had gotten it a year later it's terrible at it it's gonna, everybody has <laughs> the story that was around then of trying grand prix legends and crashing a thousand times because at the time uh I, I was still racing on a keyboard uh, which oh. sounds crazy, but wheels, you know, joysticks, fairly common wheels. Who had a steering wheel for your, for your right. desk that didn't exist? Um, at, you know, they, they did, but not, not everywhere. So, uh, that was the sim that made me get a joystick and eventually a wheel. And, um, 
and, and move from there. And so that's a historic sim. It's totally based 1967 Formula One uh, and has grown quite a bit from there, but it's all basically 1960s racing. And uh, right. a lot of interest came from that for sure. That's interesting because I remember racing with a keyboard. This comes up almost every episode for people who have been sim racing for a long period of time. But even when the joysticks started to come out, let's say the gamepad was out, it was still just buttons. It wasn't analog. So the closest thing you had was like a flight stick. <clears throat> and let's be honest, racing games with a flight stick is absolutely the worst <laughs> experience ever. Like sure flight sticks did get a little... <laughs> I'm sure there's always that one person that can play like Goldeneye with bongos or whatever on, on the internet, you know, because people can do crazy things. But like, I remember when I had a flight stick, but, and then I got a new one, but it had like the, where you could turn it mm-hmm. on its, on its Z axis, I guess that would be instead of leaning the, the controller back and forth. And that, that helped a lot because it kind of felt like a steering wheel in a way. But uh, yeah, I just remember the old controllers just being almost the combat point of being able to be good at sim racing games. You're like, this is, this is as good as I can get. I, I don't have complete control over any of these cars, you know? Well, I think something, too, that uh, I'm, I'm happy that I guess I came up through it when I did because I didn't really know what else was out there. Like, I, if you asked me in 1998 if, if folks had steering wheels, you know, for this, I would say maybe at an arcade or something, but not, oh, yeah. you know, not at home. So yeah. I didn't feel like I was missing out at all. Uh, which these days, I mean, you see everything online all the time, and it's probably very easy. It is very easy to feel like you're missing out, right? Um, but I agree with you. Racing with a, a flight joystick is not very intuitive. and uh, Yeah, it just feels so odd. It does. Now, have you been to the arcade since you've gotten a proper sim racing setup at home? Like, you know, the Cruising USA sims at the arcade or, you know, whatever those arcade-based steering wheel ones where you sit in the cockpit? They're terrible now. I remember when those were like the best racing experience you could get. You're like, all I want to do is go to the arcade and race in Cruising USA or whatever it may be. And now when I go sit in those little rigs, I'm like, what is this? There's no force <laughs> feedback. What? Right. Like the pedals are terrible. You can't control anything. Like, it's I will just say, I now. went to, uh, <laughs> I was in Seattle a couple years ago and. Uh, they had a, I wish I could remember the name of the game, but it was this drifting game that was heavily okay. based on like the anime, which I, I don't follow. Initial too much, D. But I think it was Initial D. I don't know if that's the name that of game. the game, but yes, it definitely followed that the Initial that. D type. Yeah, Toyota, you know, and everything. But uh, that yeah. was actually decent. Um, it actually had like some kind of force feedback and a big drift rim, and like you okay. know, that felt kind of cool. But yeah, I agree with you. Otherwise, they're kind of all over the place. Yeah, when I go, my son's always like, well, you're going to beat me because you have one of these in your office. And I'm like, ah, but this one's crappy. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen now? And then, you know, it's an arcade game. So you get like the boosts and you jump your car and it does a backflip and all those crazy things. It's like, it's not really sim racing. It's not the same thing. But uh, I've played the initial D game. And one thing that was weird for me being a United States-based driver is the gear shift was on the left. Now, Tom over there is probably like, what? That's normal. But <laughs> quite right, too. It was, it was the weirdest feeling. I'm like, I don't feel like I should be shifting on the left side, but, you know, being a U.S.-based driver. But that game was actually pretty good. Um, I remember playing it when I was in Reno, Nevada, of all places, you know, big casino town, kind of like a mini Vegas. Yes. Kind of interesting. So you're also a streamer in the sim racing space. 
when did you start your channel and what made you want to start like because you said it's kind of weird to have like a community what made you start to like really pursue the streaming and building a community and building a youtube channel yeah this is another kind of long story uh, but i mean i i uploaded my first video to youtube in like 2006 or something um okay so wow. a long time ago and wow. nice you know then it wasn't it wasn't like a thing, right? It was like, I wanted to sh show or share something with folks. And uh, I uploaded my first racing video that's still on there uh, in 2008. And it was just me doing like a lap in Grand Prix Legends. And I wanted to, to put it up because I remember specifically saying, oh, there's not a lot of Grand Prix Legends on YouTube. I want to like, you know, take a video of this. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I started that back then. And I did on and off and a lot of off over the years. Uh, sure. I took a couple longer breaks um, you know, towards the end of my time in college and things like this. And uh, it was actually um, just, I guess, 2020 that, you know, I had uploaded some stuff here and there, but I wasn't doing it at all, uh, you know, in an official way. And uh, I was just watching a stream at one point. I think it was a Jimmy Broadbent stream. And it was like, I should okay. try to do this again. Um, and so, yeah, I just started started uploading very consistently and uh, through, you know, this whole COVID time and everything, it's been a great hobby uh, to, to really sink my teeth in, have a little more time now than I used to. Um, sure. So I guess I really kind of kicked things off. I think at the time, you know, I had just hit like 5,000 subscribers from all the years uh, up to that point. And then things have really shot up since uh, it became more consistent. But the streaming part, so your, your actual question with the streaming, because I do a lot of videos, um, but I started streaming around that same time too, and uh, I'm not, uh, I wasn't super involved with doing, uh, you know, racing online at the time. I was doing a lot of single player stuff. So I was actually streaming, and I have been streaming some, you know, single player championships and, and sims okay. and kind of doing a variety of different streams and things. But I have gotten more into the competitive racing again, started my own league uh, this, you know, past few months. And uh, uh -huh. I've been doing that with streaming now. So I was actually looking at it the other day. Up until this past week, my last like five videos or things on my channel were streams, which is so flip flop from how it was, you know, even a year ago uh, at this time. What do you think you like better? Do you like the streaming and playing the game at the same time, interacting with your community live? Or do you prefer to kind of like have your race be able to? then edit it if you want to or just upload it and kind of interact with the community through comments what would you say is your yeah. preference i think they're different mediums in a way so they, they let me do different really things are. when i make videos i can write a video uh and you know if, especially if i'm you know going through a historic track or car or scenario you know i can actually take some time and make sure i got all the facts right and present it well and that thing's re that's really nice I, I very much enjoy video editing and uh, kind of fits that creative muscle that I have to make something that's, you know, fun to watch, hopefully fun yeah. to watch for people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so making videos is really nice for that part. Uh, I always do, if I'm doing racing, I always do live commentary with it, whether it's online or offline um, okay. and, and stuff. So that part of it doesn't change. I will say, I think racing streamers are some of the best streamers uh, in the in the world, it's a hard medium to or a hard activity to multitask during, right? Um, yeah. So to read it, comments, to you know, do running commentary, to um, this it, it isn't really just myself. It's anybody that does 
this. It's hard to do with racing specifically. So, um, but the, the live part of it is very exciting. I, I think I mentioned this at some point uh, in, in a video or stream I did, but the live part of it definitely gets, you know, gets your heart rate going a little bit more. Whereas yeah. like the first, I remember it's kind of similar to the first time I ever raced online. Uh, with other real folks, hearts beating. I don't want to mess mm -hmm. up for them. I want to show them how good I am at this. Uh, yeah. You know, you all, we all have that feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. And over time, that goes away a bit, unless it's a really big race. And but you learn how to calm that down because it makes you get you the adrenaline, better. right? Exactly the adrenaline. But you know, and you learn at least I think most of us do to you know, calm that down a little bit because it's going to make you perform better if you're calm. Um, but that feeling is kind of fun. It's it means you're learning something new, doing something challenging, and I definitely get that. Uh, streaming depends on on what kind of stream it is, but yeah. definitely can get the adrenaline going, the heart pumping, and it's a, an exciting thing to do. It's so challenging to perform to a decent level. So if you're in a competitive race as a streamer, but you're also thinking about everything else, so you're thinking about you know have I got the right overlays up all the time, or you know I wonder how many people are watching and am I interacting with them on the chat and blah 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 blah. It's given that racing itself is so dependent on this focus this concentration in fact so i was about to say it's a rhythm right i went um go-karting yesterday with my girlfriend and afterwards she was like kind of like a dance isn't it because you go around a lap and you just have these moves that you have to hit so it's like a straight and then a break and then a turn and a straight and a break and a turn and each one's slightly different like in a dance routine but the whole thing is a dance over a lap and then you just repeat the same thing oh, that's quite an interesting analogy that, that but is having cool. to okay yeah, I, I kind of liked it afterwards. I was like, oh, gosh, she's going to get good. She's going to start beating me. She's like, <laughs> she's probably got into this this ethos of racing, and now I'm terrified. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but the, my point is that to kind of maintain that rhythm and that pure focus whilst constantly getting notifications, because, you know, chat is like notifications. It's like being in a go-kart but having your phone up and just responding to, like, no <laughs> notifications on your phone. It's so hard, right? Yeah. yeah, it can be. I think it's important, you know, to learn when to when to shut that off but i mean with streaming that's the main part of it right like i wouldn't stream if i didn't want to interact with folks so i want to do right. that as much as i can it's fun you know I, I did last winter i did a random like american truck simulator stream which was super fun because i didn't need to look <laughs> at where i was going at all and just talk to people the whole time uh, i've gotten really into doing this is a, a great a great one for folks so i've gotten really into doing rally um over the past not even year, six months or so, maybe a little bit longer. And uh, with Richard Burns Rally, which is an older rally sim, yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely up there, if not the best one. Once once you get everything you know going correctly, it's just such an amazing drive. But that one's uh, a little different, difficult to get set up though, because it's not even retailed anymore, right? You have to go find yeah. it and like get it working again. Used to um, be, yeah. So, and this is the thing: it's trying to change the narrative on it because a group called rally sim fans which a hung it's a hungarian group uh they have gone and, and created an installer package and it's oh. it couldn't be it's not i would say it's about as easy as getting a set of courses set up with like content manager okay. so it's not it's not one click but it's also not this huge uh huge project so that's okay. been good but on the streaming topic with rally rally offers this unique format where it's stage based so i'm driving for three to ten minutes and then i stop and i can take a break and talk to people and uh, it's, it's an interesting one. So you don't have to try to squeeze in reading the chat while you're actually driving or competing. You can focus 100% on it and then, uh, and then talk to folks after. 
See, I agree with you 100% where racing streamers do something magical because when I'm racing, I have to pay as much attention to everything as possible. I'm like, okay, where's the break point? Here comes the break point. Okay, I got to make sure I put the right pressure down on my brakes. And like, I'm in ultra concentration mode. But like, I used to stream and I did third person and first person shooters. Like, you could just go hide off in a corner and like look at chat and do whatever you need to do in order to interact with people. But when you're a, a car going, 200k down a straight you're like wait the corner's coming i can't exactly read this person's paragraph question that they they want me to answer so i agree with you 100 percent on it's just it's really cool to see the people who are really good at it because uh tom you've had a, a small stint in the racing and streaming mm. environment when you were doing f1 streams way back when yeah and uh, I did you find it difficult I, yes i found it incredibly difficult because i i made the mistake of trying to learn how to sim race at the same time as learn how to stream <laughs> and i combined the two um which in hindsight was a really which is a really terrible idea but the reason i did it is because it was just as we started grid finder and i wanted and i knew that so many people streamed and a lot of the leagues had a stream and i wanted to understand the difficulties and the challenges they faced so that we could address them um with grid finder but yeah i did i did enjoy it um and actually chris and i were having a conversation today about this podcast and um lawrence um de souza the um the uh, streamer came on and said um one of his choices that people voted on for the race was actually a track day so we went to the Nordschleife. he chose i think it was 10 10 cars and then we just did a track day and my god the pressure was off because yeah. you know you're just driving around at like a 80 percent pace everyone's driving nice and close and allowing each other to make all these moves so it was kind of interesting to watch from a viewer's point of view, but equally Chris and I weren't sweating because we're like, we don't want to, we don't want to show up grid finder here by just being the two idiots at the back. Cause we are very much on the enthusiast level of sim racing as in we can, you know, we are lovers of, of sim racing generally, but in terms of talent, I'm speaking for myself here, Chris, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to assume the oh, same no, for I'm... you, but in terms of talent, we're very much the, you know, the wannabes. I think this is an excellent part about content creation with sim racing, but um, you know something. Hopefully, I can help bring to it. I wouldn't consider myself, you know, this amazing sim racer. I don't think that's why folks watch, you know, me. Uh, and and I wouldn't blame, you know, I wouldn't blame them for <laughs> for not wanting to. But uh, it's it's about the experience, you know, with the history in sim racing. Uh, learning about what you're you're doing adds so much to the whole experience and and it doesn't necessarily matter with the race i have a ton of videos where i try out mods and do races and i don't even say where i finish in it or if i do you know it's like 10th or it doesn't matter uh, yeah. because it's more about the experience the feeling of it uh you know trying something new and uh i have a, a ton of fun just taking cars and i think a set of courses is a great sim for this where you just take cars and go to tracks and, and just kind of drive them you're not racing you're not doing a head-to-head -head race you're not racing online you're just experiencing the car and the track and and what that has to offer it's it's kind of a a motorist's hobby <laughs> if mm. you will it does strike me that that you you're very much driven by your passion as a streamer that, that, like you know i mean this in the most complimentary way but it doesn't sound like there's a strategy for for views i've spoken to streamers in the past where like well, i'm going to aim for this because i know that this reacts well as a thumb a, a thumbnail on youtube and and I'm more likely to get a longer viewing time 
per person for this sort of thing and blah blah, blah. there's a lot of strategy where it, it sounds to me and correct me if i'm wrong that, that you kind of do what you enjoy and so be it yeah i mean look at the end of the day i would be lying if i said you don't watch you know view numbers and if i try something out and nobody watches it i'm gonna i'm gonna notice that but mm-hmm. yeah I, I think this is actually what happened to me in the past too when i was doing this um you know, before I really kicked things off and figured out my groove with it is, is paying too much attention with metrics and things like that. Um, I, you know, sim racing is a niche and very few yeah. have been able to crawl out of that niche uh, to make it, you know, a much bigger thing than it, than it is. And, and I'm very content. If I have a group of folks watching me, uh, if I'm doing a stream or if I do a, a video and I get a handful of comments, like I'm more than content with something like that. Um, because is somebody that enjoyed what I was doing, I get to interact with them and, and that's, you know, that's the end of it. It can get very exhausting if you're trying to focus on, yeah. you know, the numbers and the making grind. it not a professional thing has been a, a big part of that as well. It's, it's very easy to look at it and say, well, if I tried a bit harder, I spent more time on it and did things in this way, like, could I turn this into an occupation? But that might ruin the, the fun of all of it. And, and yeah. so it's, yeah, it's a difficult thing. So yes, you have, you have. I was going to say 000. that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's You're grown. Doing it's quite well. It's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's like easy to sit back and say, oh, I don't care about it, and and you have a bunch of folks that have have jumped in, but uh, it's it's built over time, and you know, it's slowed down at points and grown at other points, but yeah, like you said, Tom, it, it's definitely a passion project for me, and the more I can you know, find new things to enjoy and share them with others and hear back from them, um, the more fun it is overall. Nice. So what, I mean, what do you think the catalyst was? You said you were 5,000 up to about 2020 and then it went up to 40,000. Was it a particular style or, or was it a, that you moved to, a, I don't know, ACC or, or was it just COVID? What, what do you think it was that kind of <laughs> propelled well, you? Well, COVID, yeah, that whole... Well, it really was that I made videos. Like I just had, there was a point I think I went three years without posting anything on the on the channel. And meanwhile, well, I'm I'm still sim racing. I'm still enjoying this myself. But at various points, it felt like a lot of work, or I didn't want to do the thing I know people wanted me to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a change in mindset and saying that I don't feel like I need to do the one thing because I was I guess. If you look back a little ways, things started to grow the first time. I was doing an offline racing series where I'm racing through Grand Prix Legends as if I'm a driver from the 1960s. And I did the full 1965 season, every single race, every non-championship race, full, you know, realistic grids for every race, so driver swaps and car changes. And I built a little narrative. It wasn't this heavy role play, but just a little bit. You know, at one point I, I crashed into my Ferrari teammate you know, an honest crash. So the next race I got fired from Ferrari and I was driving for a different team from there. So it's just nice. like this type of uh, kind of role play thing. And, and folks really liked that. That was like my initial initial thing. I had a lot of fun doing it, but that felt like the only thing I was able to do on, okay. on yeah. YouTube and making videos. You know, if I wasn't doing that, every comment was, "Why? where's the next one? Why aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. But you build the audience that you make content for. So yeah, the first Assetto Corsa video I did, the first mod review I did, there's a lot of comments saying, hey, do more of this or that. But the fifth, the sixth, the tenth one, I have an audience that watches that now, uh, as well as the audience that does this. And I try to keep all the balls spinning all the time. I have 
a hundred different things that I'm doing all at the same time, but much more fun that way. You know, if I'm, I'm right now I'm working on a, a review, a part of my casual review series where I, it's really just a play of a game. Uh, it's not an in-depth review. It's not a documentary, but just trying out a, an old game, playing an N64 Formula One title right now. Uh, nice. And I just have a lot of nostalgia for it. That's totally random. I don't think anybody's going to expect that I would do a video on that. But I know there's a group that enjoy that kind of like random, here's an old sim or old mod yeah. or something that's uh, that's neat. So, yeah, with a wheel? That, uh, with a wheel, yeah. I got the <laughs> oh, wheel cool. working okay. with it. So I'm, wow. I'm awful with a controller because I don't do it a lot. Some folks are really good at it. We actually have one... One guy in our league right now who races on a controller, and you—I mean—you'd never know. He's so quick and so proficient. Um, but yeah, for this, I, I got the wheel working just for fun. I mean, I don't even—I'm not even going to show it <laughs> on the video. But, uh, it's just the the way I'm comfortable controlling a race car is with a wheel. Oh yeah, so. that's interesting. And you know, <clears throat> I since you've stuck with your YouTube channel, I think eventually, if you make enough content, and the people who jump from content to content. They start to like you rather than that that pretend world, the, the role play thing you did or the reviews that you do. They start to like you as a content creator and they kind of glue to just your presentation style and the things that you pick. So good job on sticking with it because I've tried a couple different times to do different YouTube projects, right, Tom? And uh, I don't know, I just I do the same thing where you get burnt out over time and then you just kind of drop it, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, things Endless that I'd recommend, I, I don't, I don't know if I have the key to success for, for YouTube because it's not, it's really not what I'm going after, but some things I recommend that have worked for me to not burn out are don't do the things that you read about. Don't set a release schedule. Don't, you know, make a specific type of video or content because you know, that's the next one and the thing you have to do like that. Don't yep. set yourself up. Don't run it like a business. It's a hobby. Take three weeks off post four times in one week. I post videos at the worst times. I know it's bad to post a video at 2 a.m., but I just finished making it. I'm very excited about <laughs> You're it. Like, I'm going to put it up. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to talk to the three people that see it at that yeah. time, and then hopefully YouTube decides to pick it up and show it to some others. But I'm on to the next video right after I'm done it anyway. So um, I, I think you just got to have fun with it because on the off chance that you get a big following, and I'm talking like the big, big time uh, ones, then you know, then it's kind of luck at that point anyway. So you might as right. well have fun getting there. Well, Tom, we were supposed to win. I want to say it was F1 2021 even. Which one was the first one to have a co-op campaign? You and I said, oh, oh. when that game drops, we're going to go through the co-op campaign together on a yes. screen. And then we just we never were. did it. <laughs> no, that, yeah, I think that was 20, I'm going to say that's 2021 um, that that came out. And that was... I thought so. The... The idea was though, and, and this is probably where it, this is probably the reason it didn't happen, is Chris and I work in sim racing a lot. I'm full time. My day job is is sim racing, so I was like, I need to fall back in love with sim racing because I had that classic thing of like, ugh, you know, I do all day sim racing. The last thing I want to do at the end of the day is sim racing, which is a really bad attitude to have. Um, so I thought, well, let's. I need to. Find, I need to fall back in love with sim racing. So I thought, oh, Chris, why don't we do the co-op? And that can be like our little thing, like on a Friday or whatever. We'll just go and do the co-op campaign. And then we're like, well, why don't we stream it? Because like <laughs> that's just how our mind works. It's like if we're gonna do it, let's stream it and see if we can make it a thing. And then all of a sudden, it was no longer 
just for fun right. whereas yeah. i feel like once you've streamed for long enough and you're just so comfortable with getting in the rig pressing the buttons that you know you need to press not having a massive audio man like i do every single week um <laughs> you can just go and just enjoy it and people will watch because you're enjoying it and, and i feel like we didn't get to we didn't get to that stage yeah i mean part of it too is is still enjoying stuff maybe not recording it and not being live at least for me yeah. you know I, I still do a lot of racing without recording it or intending to. I certainly do a lot of like practice and testing things and, and to make content. But um, yeah, you know, when the new ACC stuff came out, I spent a couple nights tooling around in that. I have no intention ever to go start streaming or race competitively in that. But it's fun to see the tracks and watch somebody else stream while I, uh, you know, try to figure out how, how the Porsche's buttons work and stuff. Um, you know, so I, I think it's important to still not make content and still enjoy the hobby for what it is if you, if you can and yeah, uh, yeah. i 100% yeah, agree that's, with that's that so important 100% okay guys so we have about 8 minutes left in practice and then it's going to go oh, into no. quali so we should probably hop in there throw in some laps together and you know see where we see where we can get um i know a, a small group of folks from my community joined this and they're very good um oh no so, Which oh, ones? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll just make sure to um, put put a mod on their car and <laughs> balance of power or whatever. You yeah, know. I know. I know a few of them are quite talented. So yeah, I see a few familiar names from our league um, that we're racing in. So they're they're very capable. Well, yeah. We let's also, get on in there and and throw some laps together and see how we fare. This could be our opportunity, Chris. This could be the first episode that all three of us finish. A race. Oh, it's not happening. Thank you yet. for jinxing all of that. <laughs> uh, well, last time you didn't get to race with us, so you and I didn't hit each other. So we probably That's have to true. just at least hit each other once to keep the trend going, right? Because every yes, single race that we've been together on the track, I think I've run into you at some point. So, but yeah, would I'm going to join like in the some, uh, Would you like some tips on driving classic cars? Absolutely. Ooh, yes. Let me. I'm going to jump across to my my rig then hey this is chris from gridfinder thanks for listening to the sim sundays podcast head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games just enter your preferred game car of choice then let us know if you'd like to race pc xbox or playstation and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join and if you're a league owner post your league on gridfinder so that you run with a full grid for every race if you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com slash Discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to upgrade your Sim rig, visit the episode sponsor Track Racer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I don't know if I'm sold yet, but it would, it would take another, <laughs> another go. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it takes practice in, you know, for any of it. Yeah. You know, you say, oh, the ACC jump from car to car. Like, I'm a fish out of water when I race ACC. That's interesting. Um, and, you know, if, if I put more time into it, I'm sure I could pick it up. Uh, but I pick up ACC like once a month and race it for an evening okay. and then I don't touch it again. So, you know, it would be a tough thing for me to do do well. And like, I don't race a lot of like modern formula cars anymore. I, I used to maybe a bit more, but... I can't drive those at all, you know, these days, okay. uh, you know, it would take me a lot of practice to get back. So 
Uh, there is there is a driving style to the historic cars that you can learn over time. Like if we were to go drive that Maserati right now, like you would see a lot of similarities in how it drives. Okay. Um, and so you do, you know, once you get that muscle going, it's it's not as hard to go from car to car. But even then, there are, you know, I think some differences in historic cars that require different skills. Yeah. Like if the car has a lot of horsepower, requires a lot of throttle control and a different driving approach because uh, you get up to high speeds, but you also can spin the wheels super easily. Uh, you know, if the car is really heavy, you have to drive it differently in the corner. So you learn some things like that too. But I would say, you know, while that might frustrate some, that's also the draw for some others is how yeah. varied it is, you know, right. and, and that you can really feel the difference. It's really cool when I go take out a new mod and I can feel the car is different than anything I've ever driven before because it's been modeled well and I can experience like a little bit what it would have been like to drive that car. You know, I'm really curious how, when AC2 comes out, how the sim racing community is going to react. And because there's some communities that are just strictly run on the mods of AC. So you kind of wonder, is there going to be the modders that go up and upgrade their stuff to be in AC2? Or is it just going to be like AC is going to live forever? Because I could see it living for basically ever, especially you know, content managers got a hold of it. And if, if that just becomes the launcher for AC forever, I don't know. I, I almost, it's almost like that game doesn't have to ever die. Yeah. Now time will tell, you know, it, I think there was a point in history where folks would have thought the original R factor was in that same, same boat, oh, yeah. you know, everybody was playing that game. Every mod was in it. Um, and you know, it, ha it there was never a day where everybody abandoned it. Right. It was, uh, over time, just let you know, people were moving to different things yeah. uh, here and there. But there's still a group that that play that sim a lot and and have a great time on it. There's new stuff coming out for that sim all the time. You know what's interesting and, about uh, R Factor Two, Tom? You you and I have both mentioned this to each other at least in private. Mm. The UI for that, I just can't get over getting into a race. I don't know if I'm just so used to Content Manager and then ACC or whatever. I just, for some reason, that UI is just not intuitive where I go to do things. Now, admittedly, I've only raced probably 10 tops times in that, in that sim, but I always felt like the UI was hiding things from me. And I'm like, what am I doing right now? I don't even know what I'm trying to do. Like, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't well, change I was from the Corvette the, uh... for the longest time. I'm like, I guess I'm driving the Corvette. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I was talking the original R-Factor, but the R-Factor 2, they did release a UI update. I can't quite remember when. Oh, okay. It, but it, in my Maybe. opinion, made it better. So you might want to give it another yeah, I Yeah, I definitely need so to. So we have a question. Yeah, let's go on to viewer questions. Qu if Hopefully we have a couple of those. Yes. I've just realized what the time is, so I figured we would skip to questions. So yeah. we've got a question from MJ. Um, he would like a recommendation from you, Jake, for any multiplayer sims with ai so this is offline racing he wants to do a season but not in a not in a public lobby so i'm assuming that's off the back of our conversation that we had earlier where you were saying that the problem with ac is the ai so what are your recommendations if you wanted to do a season offline yeah it's a tough one i mean i would not a lot of not many of the new sims have you know good ai like to, to actually have a decent race or any kind of compelling know race with uh, they might be fine for like a sprint race uh scenario but uh you know and, and i'm thinking the vintage stuff specifically there acc's mm -hmm. got decent ai i think for modern stuff 
And uh, iRacing's AI is one of the best things about that sim. Mm. Um, and it's kind of obscured really? behind you know the fact that that's a really competitive online sim. But the AI they have is amazing. It's amazing. So you know if you're if you're an iRacer and you somehow never tried the AI out, I recommend that. Uh, it's not on every car and track, but for the stuff they do have it for, it's it's really good. Um, mm. Yeah, it's tough. I don't actually know which sims let you do online with AI. I know R Factor Two does, but the AI in that sim is hit and miss depending on what you're what you're trying to drive. Um, I'm a big fan of Automobilista Two uh, these days, and I don't know if if they allow you to do AI while you're racing online. I imagine they might. But there's a certain quality level with everything they've got in that sim that um, you know you can take any car to any track and you'll probably have a good time, you know, with it. And you can't say that about many sims uh, these days, especially with AI. So Automobilista Two is definitely definitely up there. It also looks great, right? And yeah, it's the I, sim I, I put people in if they like come over and want to try it out, want to try. Yeah. Whatever this crazy thing I have is, <laughs> um, Automobilista too, because it looks really good. It makes sense generally. Um, I, for a long time, it had a bad rep about physics, and I was in that boat where I you know, was trying it, and it felt disconnected, and felt weird, and I didn't like it. But they they fixed it. They really have. And uh, if you haven't given it a go in the last year, recommend it. Definitely do. Well, looks like AMS two is the answer then. Yeah. Ideal. Yes. Um, I think that is all we have time for because I've just seen the time and we usually go to about half past. But thank you so much for your time, Jake. Really, really appreciate it. That was, honestly, that was so much fun. I think that was the first time that I finished a race in Sim Sundays. So I'm chalking that up as a big win. Um, and it was also the most eye-opening session that we've had. I am... Um, honestly gonna be firing up more and more historic cars especially the other ac cars i'm gonna try the other lotuses i think when i just have my right i just want to relax can do some laps in whatever on my own it's that is now going to be exclusively historic cars so thank you for that i really appreciate yeah, definitely. it definitely no i'm happy it made such a uh, such a connection with you and i can hit you up with some recommendations i don't know if i'd recommend the other lotus cars for a relaxing time but uh it can be good fun <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a good point. Well, we'll also have to keep in touch to see if we can put together that uh, Gridfinder Invitational for vintage cars. Because, I mean, we as Gridfinder, we just want to be able to run different things more often. But what happens is, you know, we'll we'll throw out something that's a little bit outside of our primary sims, and then no one will sign up. So we'll just have to default back to like F1 or ACC, you know. And it just seems like we're we're kind of in this this lull right now where we can't find the community. So if we can utilize you a little bit to try to spread some word and get get a real good Gridfinder Invitational out there to spread the vintage racing love a little bit further, that would be fabulous, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, it could be fun. Any any last things that you'd like to say, GP, before we go ahead and sign off for the day? I appreciate you both having me on, and happy I was able to open your eyes you know, a bit to the to vintage sim racing. Um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun doing all this stuff over the past few years and excited to keep on going. And on social and YouTube, are you GP laps on all of those pretty simply? Yeah, I pretty much only do Twitter and YouTube okay. for GP laps. Um, I have an Instagram, but I don't use it too, too much just okay. yet. But yeah, GP laps Jake on Twitter and then GP laps on YouTube. Okay, well, we appreciate you being here. Tom, any last words from you, sir? 
no thank you very much and thank you to everyone from your community who came along for the race that was the best attended race we've done and i'm still reading from it i absolutely loved it and make sure to check out the episode when it comes out on spotify google and apple podcasts um on sunday yep and if you have a sim racing league and you're looking to grow it by you know leaps and bounds we'll say no just uh list on gridfinder at gridfinder.com and you know that's just kind of a central repo for everyone to find leagues or if you're looking for a league and you specifically want to race in one of the sims that's out there and you have had trouble finding something go ahead and go to gridfinder.com there we're gridfinder tv on youtube and gridfinder all over the place uh yeah that's it for today y'all and we appreciate you being here we'll see you next sunday